Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. After the leak about the pending decision of the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade, we have seen many liberal leftists come unhinged. Yeah. In an article by Ben Johnson back uh, this last Wednesday, he says reversing the 49-year-old decision legalizing abortion is an act of violence that will kill and subjugate women, usher in fascism, and overturn the sacred right to an abortion, which all basic mainstream religions embrace, according to liberal commentators reacting to a leaked draft of the Supreme Court's Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization decision. Here are some of the most over-the-top meltdowns about the possibility that the justices will overturn the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. First of all, overturning Roe will kill and subjugate women. (laughs) Pro-life jurisprudence kills warned numerous people, including former Secretary and uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. While reading the draft opinion on Monday evening, Clinton wrote on Twitter, quote, this decision is a direct assault on the dignity, rights, and lives of women, not to mention decades of settled law. <laughs> it will kill and subjugate women even as a vast majority of Americans think abortion should be legal. What an utter disgrace she actually ends with. Now, my question here is, how is giving the states the ability to vote on abortion an assault? And an an assault on dignity, in fact. I mean, what is dignified about having an abortion? What rights are being assaulted by this decision? There is no God-given right to have an abortion. So what rights are being assaulted here? I would say that abortion is an assault in itself on half a million females that are aborted every year. Others sounded, you know, similar themes. The the overturning of Roe v. Wade is a political act of violence against us, and we will not accept it. This was tweeted by actress Amber Temblin. Just crazy. The, on the on the View Tuesday, and I know, <laughs> I know, there's not a lot of brain trust <laughs> wrapped up in that show, but on the View Tuesday. Co-host Whoopi Goldberg said that she got tired of tripping over women in bathrooms, public bathrooms, who were giving themselves abortions because there was nowhere safe, nowhere clean, nowhere to go, unquote. (laughs) All right. Raise your hand if you think that Karen Johnson... And that was her name back when Roe was ruled on, got tired of tripping over women in public bathrooms. 
raise your hand if you think that was a real thing. <laughs> I know. I don't see any hands. All right. In reality, claims of widespread deaths from back alley abortions came from the people performing illegal back alley abortions. The late Dr. Bernard uh, Nathanson, a, a, a one-time abortionist and, and a doctor uh, and, and even a director of the of the group known today as NARAL, who later became pro-life himself, admitted during his efforts to overturn pro-life laws before the Supreme Court decision that we generally, this is what he said, we generally emphasize the frame of the individual case, not the mass statistics. But when we spoke of the latter, it was always like 5,000 to 10,000 deaths a year. I confess that I knew the figures were totally false. And I suppose the others did too, if they stopped to think about it. But in the morality of the revolution, it was a useful figure, widely accepted. So why go out of our way to correct it with honest statistics? That's what he said. The actual number of women, get this, okay? The actual number of women who died from illegal abortions in 1972. So this is the year before Roe. The number of women, actual women who died of illegal abortions in 1972 was 39, not 5,000 or 10,000. Do you know the number of women who died from legal abortions that same year? 24, almost the same amount. Furthermore, decriminalizing and sometimes subsidizing even abortion has not stopped women from dying from safe and legal abortions. In in 2018, the most recent year for which data were, were reviewed from you know pregnancy-related deaths, two women died as a result of complications from legal-induced abortions, according to the CDC. That's that's 2018. All right, let's move on. The decision says women are not fully human beings. That's what some people are saying now. CNN commentator Kirsten Powers lectured this, quote, it is fine to be pro-life. Be pro-life. Don't have an abortion. It is not fine to say that women are not full human beings, people. They're so obsessed with how a fetus or an embryo is a person. Well, guess what? Women are people, unquote. Well, I, I kid you not, that's what she said. President Joe Biden even was quoted as saying something very similar. And he, he actually acknowledged that what is being aborted is a child. He said this, so I mean, and, I, and I'm sorry, I can't do a very good Joe Biden, but he said, so I mean the idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child based on a decision by the Supreme Court, I think goes way overboard, Biden said. Now, Saki, who the White House you know, spokesperson, was asked about the comment on Wednesday, which ran against the typical word selection of pro-choice advocates. I mean, they don't normally call these things a child or a baby, right? And 
you know, the, the, and this is what she had to say. The president's view on a woman's right to make choices about her own health care is well known, well documented, and well stated, Zaki said. Now, Fox News correspondent Peter Ducey pressed her, though, on it, emphasizing Biden's use of the word child. And this is what she says. She said, I understand, Peter, but what I'm telling you is, is what his position is, she responded. So, so basically, you know, Biden can say that it's a child and he can even think it's a child and it's okay to kill a child. But you know, what I'm telling you is that he isn't saying what we told him to say. <laughs> so anyway, if unborn children are, are also persons, shouldn't the law protect their unalienable right to life? I mean, that's in the Constitution, right? The author of, of Roe v. Wade thought so. If, if this suggestion of personhood is established, the appellate's case, of course, collapses for the fetus right to life would be guaranteed specifically by the 14th Amendment. This is exactly what Harry Blackman wrote in Roe itself. So he even said that if, if we know it's a baby, then... All of this falls apart. Roe v. Wade expresses the view of all mainstream religions. I know, sounds crazy, right? But Joe Biden, again, claimed on Tuesday that the Supreme Court had somehow synthesized and distilled the timeless teachings of all great religious uh, figures, Jesus, Moses, Muhammad, Buddha, in affirming the right to abortion on demand. Quote, Roe says that all basic mainstream religions have historically concluded that the right, that the um, existence of a human life and being is a question, he said. Is it at the moment of conception? Is it six months? Is it six weeks? Is it quickening, as Thomas Aquarius argued? Unquote. <laughs> but in fact, Christianity has always opposed abortion. From its very earliest days, the earliest post-scriptural document still surviving is the, uh, the Didak, which uh, ranks abortion with pedophilia and, and witchcraft. While some theologians believe life began at the moment the child began to move, known originally as the quickening, which is what Biden is referring to here. The, the fourth century theologian Basil the Great wrote, quote, the woman who purposefully destroys her unborn child is guilty of murder. The hair-splitting difference between formed and unformed makes no difference to us. Whatever any faith tradition may state, science affirms that life begins at conception. So here's another one. Abortion is sacred. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Abortion is sacred. Some liberals went further seeking to sanctify the act of abortion itself. Let, let's be clear. The right to an abortion is sacred, said Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, the, the Democratic hopeful for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. He, he then asked his followers to personally donate to one of the many state abortion funds, organizations that, that help underwrite 
but not pay for the full cost of the abortion, uh, elective abortions, that is. Fetterman was not the only Democrat to use this you know, sacrilegious language to describe the abortion on demand. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> right? Piece of work there. The Democrat from California tweeted this, quote, the Republican appointed justices report, uh, reported votes to overturn Roe v. Wade would go down as an abomination, one of the worst and most damaging decisions in modern history, unquote. Wow. The speaker who calls herself an ardent practicing Catholic previously called abortion sacred ground, while other Democrats describe pro-life protections as an abomination. <laughs> for, for much of Western history, the term abomination indicated something offensive to God, but I guess maybe not here. <laughs> I don't know. So, so let's review. The right to have an abortion is sacred, and fighting against the killing of innocent unborn babies that God is creating inside their mothers is an abomination. I would venture to say that the taking of these unborn lives would be an abomination, and life is sacred. Pro-life uh, advocate uh, Abdian Nu. Uh, Ekicha, <laughs> I, I'm sure I slaughtered his name. Who he's he's the guy who who founded uh, Culture of Life Africa. He he responded to Fetterman's statement by saying, "Dear friends, if you ever thought that abortion is just a political issue, think again. This is a battle with the realms of hell." Unquote. Let's go on to the next one. Republicans want to ban uh, interracial marriage and civil rights laws. Several commentator, uh, commentators saw the, the draft opinion as part of a slippery slope towards segregation. Quote, the Republicans won't stop with banning abortion. They want to ban uh, interracial marriage, asserted uh, Representative Eric Swalwell. <laughs> He's also a Democrat from California. Without proof. He, he went ahead and, and said this. Do you want to save that? Well, then you should probably vote, he ended. <laughs> Similarly, AOC, the Democrat from New York, tweeted this. As we've warned, SCOTUS isn't just coming for abortion. They're coming for the right to privacy, Roe rests on, which includes gay marriage and civil rights. AOC seemed not to understand that civil rights rests on the 1964 and 68 Civil Rights Act. Since both bills passed Congress through the democratic process, rather than by the whim of a Supreme Court majority, they do not rely solely on the court for their continued existence. And, and it also shows you that all these liberals are just knee-jerk reacting and, and have never even read the document. I mean, Justice Alito actually addressed this in his draft. He said that this did not affect things other than Roe and Casey. Now, a pro-life court is an illegitimate court, according to some. Other be others believe American institutions were losing their grasp on legitimacy. Overall, what does this story mean for the Supreme Court, asked Micah 
Bezinski on Tuesday's Morning Joe. Um, he said, quote, for the Supreme Court, in a word, illegitimacy, answered MSNBC's Joe Scarborough, who denounced Justice Samuel Alito's ruling as an illegitimate decision by an illegitimate court. I guess he loves his word illegitimate. He asserted that his views on the court's legitimacy <laughs> represent the perception for 70% of Americans. As noted before, Russian propaganda aims to have Americans view their government and public institutions as lacking legitimacy. The FBI director of uh, Christopher Ray testified before Congress that hostile foreign actors conduct disinformation campaigns designed to undermine confidence in our uh, democratic institutions and values. Similarly, former government intelligence analyst uh, Clint Watts told NPR in 2018 that Russian propaganda plots to make Americans lose their confidence in you know democratic institutions and elect officials by turning every crack into our country, uh, every crack in our country into a chasm, including abortion rights. Scarborough, who spent four years accusing his opponents of you know, advancing Russian intelligence goals appears to have done their bidding over Roe v. Wade. Now, a nightmare scenario and threat to democracy is what this decision is going to be, according to some. Yet MSNBC continued to warn the Supreme Court that overturning Roe and returning the issue of abortion to state voters would upend democracy. Allowing voters to have a say in abortion represents a nightmare scenario, said MSNBC contributor and former Newsweek editor John Meacham on the Morning Joe on Tuesday. He said, quote, if the court were to go this far, you will have, as you were just saying, an extraordinary number of Americans believing that the system, in fact, cannot, is not capable of delivering justice is not capable of reflecting the popular will and even though the constitutional pris- uh, even through the constitutional prism unquote that raises one of the great questions of the era the great question of the era he said are you and i are we in this decade are we up to democracy are we commensurate to the task and I'm worried that we're entering the darkest period of that test, he said. <laughs> Scarborough also stated that while the court's always been guided by the law, but it's also been keenly aware that it is the only unelected branch of American government, they needed to not appear to be openly contemptuous of public opinion. Of course, the Supreme Court is supposed to decide whether laws... Uh, comport with the U.S. Constitution, as understood through the original intent of the framers. They are not to reflect the popular will of one of the reasons the Founding Fathers had justices appointed for life, according to the Federalist Paper, number 78, was to remove their decisions from the popular pressure. So they tried to take politics as much out of the process of the Supreme Court as they could. And so Scarborough's opinion that, hey, they should just do the will of the people, 
it's just not really historically accurate. <laughs> Unquestionably, the Supreme Court's most controversial landmark decisions openly mocked public opinion. In 1969, only 40% of Americans believed abortion should be legal during the first trimester of pregnancy. Similarly, a month after the 2015 Oberfell and Hodges decision, which created a, a newfound constitutional right <laughs> to same-sex marital unions, only 42% of Americans supported redefining marriage. Scarborough and company did not rebuke the court in 2015. You see, it is only a threat to democracy if a decision goes against leftists and their swooning mouthpieces, the mainstream media. The, the fact is that, that reputable polls have 70% of Americans against abortion through the third trimester. But it is all in how you ask the question. If you ask people, are you in favor of banning abortion for any reason? Well, you're going to get different numbers. All right, let's move on. Celebrities say the decision is the first stage of American fascism. Others believe the, down, the downward slide would sweep past segregation and, and foment the nation's implosion into full-blown fascism. Former Star Trek cast member George Sackey, he, he's, he seems um, to riff on Pastor Martin uh, Niemöller's uh, overuse, uh, overuse statement about Nazi Germany. The, first, they came for black voters, he, he says. Then they targeted LGBTQ families. Now, women of America. This is what the former uh, Sulu actor uh, posted on his social media. He told his Twitter followers, who obviously he's still using Twitter, uh, to take to the streets. So I see fascism, fascism down the line here, uh, agreed Joy Behar on Tuesday's episode of The View again. If, so if people do... This is my question. If people do take to the streets and riot as, as George is calling for, isn't that instigating violence? Is that not what we have come to know as insurrection? Somebody else here says, I want to cry. <laughs> let me, let me, uh, let me give you this one. Most uh, on the, on the tearful left, greeted the draft decision with emotion rather than reason. And as, as proven on Tuesday morning, when, when MSNBC, Willie Geist, former, he, he, he asked a, a former Obama administration official for, for his reaction, uh, quote, you've slept on this. You've read through the most, uh, most of the uh, opinion uh, or the draft opinion. He said, what is your first blush reaction? First to the substance of it and second to this leak. Quote, honestly, I want to cry. You know, I want to cry in so many different ways. This, this is the reply from Neil Katyal. He's, he's the acting solicitor general in, in the Obama, Obama administration and a former aide to the future justice um, Kagan. So, so let me get this right. He wants to cry over letting states vote on whether or not to allow abortions in their state. But he does not cry if a helpless baby is ripped from its mother's womb and murdered. How messed up are these liberals? How, how contrary to decency and, and godliness are they? Here's another one. Pregnancies will turn 
into children. While Democrats accuse Republicans of waging a war on science, they seem to have little concern for embryonic or basic biology when it comes to abortion. Now, Yamik um, Alcandor told MTP Daily on Tuesday that, quote, women will be forced to have pregnancies that will then turn into children. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Quote, you lay out the real world impact so well, <laughs> Yamik said the, the host, Kirsten Welker. Uh, of course, women are pregnant with children. Pregnancies do not become children. <laughs> all, all of this overlooks what actually happens if Roe v. Wade is overturned. But does this so highlight what actually divides the nation on this issue? I mean, Christians, conservatives, and, and pro-lifers see things so differently than liberals, leftists, and pro-choicers, or like I, I like to call them pro-deathers. <laughs> they, they don't look at these babies as babies. How could you support the process and procedure of abortion? They, they see these babies as a mass of cells, like a, like a cancerous tumor or something. I, I recently had a, a woman that I was, was having a discussion with on, on abortion tell me that, quote, life begins when the cluster of cells gains enough elastin to be able to breathe on its own if it ends up, if it ends up outside of the mother's womb, unquote. It is interesting to me that abortion has not been talked about a lot in, in recent years, but now with the leaked Supreme Court decision, it brings out all of these liberals spouting old rhetoric that makes no sense given our understanding of babies in the womb today. These babies are just not a, a group of cells. That, that is what the, the lie that was told to us back in the 70s and 80s. But science has come a long way since then. We know that these babies are real human beings. But these leftists, they can't get past their talking points long enough to, to actually see the facts. They, they will, they'll pull out the old, tired, pathetic arguments like abortion is about the choice of what women do with their own bodies. No, abortion is about killing babies that can't protect themselves. We are not talking about whether or not to, to make a law against ear piercings. We're talking about two human lives here. One human life wants to be able to kill the other for no medical reason. This is not only wrong, it's immoral. We are a society. We, we as a society can't allow or even sanction this kind of abomination. If you want to limit abortions, they'll say, then as a society, provide free education, free health care, free postnatal care and daycare. Well, we as a society can do all those things if, if we choose to, but it does not have to support the murder of the most vulnerable. We don't legalize the killing of innocent adults and say, well, we just need to have more anger management classes to stop murder. <laughs> no, no, we make murder illegal and also do things that help those prone to committing murder think twice. 
they'll say it's it's not up to it it's not up to a, a bunch of white males who want to control what women do uh, to tell them that they can't have an abortion if they want. Well, do you know of any quote white males that just want to control women? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess I know a few people that are very good at manipulating people, but they are not limited to white males. I mean, any married husband knows the debate is over as soon as his wife starts to cry, right? But but how can you say that there are white males out there that have as a motivation to support the pro-life cause as, as one of control over the female gender? Even if that was the case, are black men excluded from that? <laughs> They'll say women choose abortion for many different reasons, and and most of them are not using abortion as contraceptive. Well, that's false. The vast majority of abortions are for convenience. When you look at the numbers, you see many, many women that have had multiple abortions. And my favorite old tired argument for abortion is, is this. Oftentimes, the desire to end the pregnancy is to ensure the little one does not come into a life of poverty and abuse. So this argument in favor of abortion is horrifying. So if you can't agree that a child will not suffer any abuse or experience poverty at some point, then it's okay to kill it. That does not seem like the lesser of two evils to me. Uh, Does it to you? Even if you believe that you could predict when an unborn baby was going to be abused later in life, how is killing it better? Even if you believe that a person that experiences poverty at some point in its life is forever damaged, how is killing it better than that? This court decision is long overdue. Abortion has killed millions of babies for decades now. As as Elizabeth Warren recently said, the Republicans have been working toward this day for decades. They have been out there plotting carefully, cultivating these Supreme Court justices so they could have a majority on the bench who would accomplish what the majority of Americans do not want. No, Focahontas. We have not been plotting against the wishes of Americans. We have been diligently working hard to protect the lives of unborn babies. And we may now see the day when that decision has is going to be sent down to the states to vote on whether or not that particular state wants to have abortions in their state or not. And and you may agree with with that. You may disagree. You may you may think Roe is great. I would love to have that conversation with you. And you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Organite Communications.